hello, hello. Welcome to Sustainable 230. Welcome yourself all to Sustainable 230. How the devil are you? Super duper. How are you? Triff. Ick. We are your favourite famous little weekly environment podcast, ain't we all? All about people and the planet. And why? Despite everything going down the drain and coming up not smelling of roses, we can still have a chuckle about it every now and then, yes? Yes. And what are we going to be having a poke around the cistern for this week? Well, Dave, you know when things go terribly wrong, when you've done something bad in your toilet, you need to get someone out to come and help it. And, and help you, more to the point. Um, that person is usually a plumber uh, who comes and fixes your pipes and everything. And we're going to be talking about pipes, not your pipes specifically, but the pipes of the nation. The pipes of the nation that are spilling effluent into our rivers and our seas, and the government are going to do something about it, except they're not, except now everyone got across to them and maybe they are. Uh, we're going to be talking about all of that. We are also going to be talking about a rather extraordinary thing that happened on the telly radio thing uh, when a carpenter upstaged an inhofe. Um, mm. Got quite interesting sort of views on that. Got views about it. Got views. Yes. But yeah, carpenter, plumber, carpenter. And nice. finally, we're going to be talking about that there, Boris Johnson. Who butchered, absolutely butchered the Conservative Party line and indeed everything that this government has ever said about how brilliant recycling is by telling a bunch of school kids it ain't. So there you go. Can you spot the theme? Yes, it is things that you do for a job. Yeah. We do work for environmental charities, do we not all? Yes. But these are very much our own views. So if anything that we say makes you uh, turn into an ironmonger, if sparks fly... Sparks, um, nice. Yes. If you think that, you know, uh, we're not really joining up our our thoughts, we're not... There aren't many joiners right in, then, in what we say then do please take up your concerns with Ol and I directly but not with anyone for whom we work yes absolutely we will solder her on uh, ah, regardless superb we are a listener funded podcast so if you like what you hear and you wish to be part of the growing but still too small army that chuck in a few quid to help fund the running costs of this babble you can do so at wobblywobblywobbly.patreon.com/sustainababble now Got an exciting thing, a new announcement, a brand new announcement. We are going to be putting on a film and they're going to be chatting about it live and you can come and join in. Well, that's virtually. Yeah, virtually. But that's exciting, isn't it? The film is called The Atom, A Love Affair. And it's a documentary all about nuclear power and like how we got it, where it's going, is it good, is it bad, that kind of thing. And what it is, is you get, for your ticket price, you get two weeks, is it, all to view that thing? Uh, no, just over a week, I think. Uh, just two, over a week. Two weekends with a week sandwiched in between. So to view the film. And then you also get access to our live stream chat that we're doing on December the 9th, 2021, at 7.30pm UK time, which is Dave and all, Vicky Leslie, who made the film, Pete Wilkinson, who is is a former campaigns director of Greenpeace UK and an anti-nuclear campaigner, and Philippa Holloway, who is a thing called a nuclear psychogeographer. And we're going to ask her what that is. We will uh, we'll put a link in the show notes to the place where you can sign up for this. We will also tweet about it occasionally. Um, but probably best to go to the show notes. I think that will be the most authoritative place. But we'd love you to come. Please come. It's a brilliant film. Don't take our... Uh, word for it take Mark Kermode's word for it who said nice things about it Uh, and yeah it's just an excellent thing to watch and hopefully a really illuminating nuclear illuminating uh, chat with the director and all those clever nuclear people tickets cost £8 there is a discount for Patreon supporters yet another reason to sign up to the Patreon squad yes 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 on with it Now it's Inhofe time. Do you know what an Inhofe is, Dave? 
I do. Oh, there is a senator in America still called James Inhofe. Who is an Inhofe? And he is an Inhofe because he thinks climate change is not real because there is still snow. Still. Um, and he uh, is very kindly donated his name to the section where we call other people Inhofe's who are also Inhofe's for reasons perhaps denying climate change or just generally being an Inhofe in another direction. Oh. Now... Every other time in the history of this podcast, when I've done that explainer, I've seen your little face, which is screaming, God, get on with it. Do this quicker. How do you find it so hard to do this succinctly? And then, I don't know, I just was interested to see you kind of stumbling over it. And it's not as easy as I don't make it look, is it? All right. He's a... (laughs) Thank you. Right. Good. Now, who is... To the week this week, Oh, I can't say that. Can't I? Well... Yeah, I don't know. Can we? Shall I beep it? Beep it. Yeah, I beeped it. Just, right, don't worry. I've gone back and right. Beeped it. <clears throat> that that thing of the week. It, it, well, it's not just one person. It's two hundred and fifty-six people. Two hundred and fifty-six people who are members of Parliament for the Conservative Party who have said they want effluent and and piss going straight into the rivers and seas around our country and they want people to swim in it and they want people to get sick and they want our fish to die. You will find that it is you who are mistaken about a great many things. Certainly if you turned on your your internet at any point in the last (laughs) 10 days, that is what you would have heard, is that this is something Tory MPs actively want. Now... Sustainable is not a reactionary, inaccurate podcast. We're in the science category, as you know. Yes. Are we still number 26? Sorry, uh, are we still in the top 26? We, we go up and down, you know. <laughs> um, speaking of things that go mostly down, what, what happened here? What is the story? What are we talking about? OK, to be marginally sensible for a second, yes. there's a thing called an environment bill. Oh, God. And it's one of those boring things that's quite important. Yeah. And it's been going on for years. And it's also one of those things that... Don't people call this like a Christmas tree bill? Uh, And the the analogy is people want to hang all sorts of different baubles off it. So, like, the government said a while ago, we're going to do an environment bill so that the environment's nice and, like, after we leave the EU, we'll have a nice environment and stuff. And basically everyone was like, what? When you say environment bill, right? Yeah. Let us not let us not imagine that most people know what the hell you're talking about. What you mean is like a bit of law. They're going to do a new law, yeah. So th- and a, a, bit, a draft bit of law is called a bill. That's right. Yeah. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Good. Quite right. Yeah. So this thing will be will eventually be an environment law. Yes. Right. And it's going to contain loads of different things in it about all sorts of different bits of the environment. But one bit which is Christmas become, trees um, may or may not. <laughs> have rules pertaining to Christmas trees. <laughs> right. Go back and listen to every episode of Sustainable Bauble to hear our views on how shit the little papery ones are that you stick on your wall. Um, God, I'm... That I stack am. of insulation behind you is getting to look a bit like a Christmas tree, I must say. Oh, I've got, I've got renewed vigour to deal <laughs> it's getting with it. Co- it's getting colder now. Yeah, it? it's getting colder, exactly. Yeah. Now, what was I saying? Look, there, there's, a, there's a bit in this environment, Bill. Law. Uh, law. No, it's not a law yet. You know what I mean. Uh, that is about water quality and addressing the fact that uh, we haven't got uh, a good system for dealing with all of the poo and all of the rainwater. That's the thing that's in your um, that's in your ballcock, isn't it? The system. Well, my ballcock uh, is in my system, rather than yes. my system being in my ballcock. <laughs> Um, Even after all the trouble you've had. Uh, frankly, <laughs> where exactly my ballcock is these days is difficult to ascertain. But um, Oh, you are awful, but I like you. Look, we have a problem in this country, which yep. is that our poo and our water, our rainwater, our stormwater, get all mixed up and go into the same place. And our sewers what were invented by Charles Dickens or something, uh, don't have enough space for all of it. And so when it's really rainy, they overflow. And it all goes, instead of being treated carefully by the environment, uh, by, the, by the water companies, gloss over that, um, it goes into our rivers and into our seas. And it makes it horrible. 
And it makes it horrible. You have seen in previous babbles that we've talked about how, like, I think all of the, the UK's rivers are, are Ep- less. Episode 198, when we had a good chat about this topic with Hugo Tagom, what is boss of Surfers Against Sewage. Yes. yes. So just for absolute clarity, which is not a thing you will get in the swimming waters around the UK. Yes, very good. What you're saying is sometimes the poos that come out of your bum go into the sea. That's what you're saying. Sometimes. Not always. Yes. Not often, but sometimes. Yes. That is what I'm saying. Now. Where you might be swimming with Baby Ol. Yes. In fact, indeed, you were swimming with Baby Ol this week. Yes? Uh, I didn't go swimming, actually. Too cold. Scotland. It was in Scotland, yeah. Yeah. But went to the sea, and it was very nice, actually. Very clear, surprisingly clear. No poos? No. Well, I think probably Scotland has got to be where the problem is least, isn't it? Because there's so much coastline and so few people comparatively that mm. probably it's all right. Yeah, everyone should move to Scotland. Uh, what was that would just thing? make all the poo move to Scotland. That oh, would, yeah, that no, make, that's yeah. terrible idea. Move to Scotland, but then post your poos back to England. Uh, right. It's actually not a bad idea. I'm sure they do that. That's probably anyways. Nicola Sturgeon's next yeah, campaign, is. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> right, yes. So, thing that I was confused about and remain confused about yes. is kind of what happens underneath our roads and houses and stuff. Mm. Because what seems to be the issue here is that old houses send... Older, older than me? Old, so, yeah, pre-1970 is older what they say. Me. They're older than me. Uh, older than you. Yeah, Those houses send the water that collects on their roofs and goes down the drain pipes into one pipe and all of the poos from bums into the same pipe. And, and all the bath water and everything. And all the bath water and everything else. And, and that's a problem because ideally you would keep those things separate so that you could manage them separately and so that when there's too much rain and you need to release the rain water uh, from these overflow systems, you're only letting rainwater go out. You're not letting poo. poo. What I don't understand, I get mm. that bit, I get that there are two different pipes in new houses, but are there two different pipes underneath the road? Uh, are there are there different? Is there a different any... sewer for rainwater than there is for poos? Because if that. there isn't, surely it doesn't make any difference what's happening on the house. There must be different pipes. Must be different pipes, mustn't it? Can someone? Can someone tell we us? Could, we could look... Uh, basically, we could have looked this up, but we only realised we didn't know the answer about a nanosecond before starting recording, and it's too late already. So yeah. could you write... Anyway, this isn't really about how the poo pipes work. The point is, there are poo pipes, and the poo pipes got too much poo in them and too much water in them, and the poo pipes are putting their poo into the water in the sea where you swim, and Tories think that's a good idea. <laughs> now, to be... Yes, just to be clear on this, I don't think that is the position, or at least not the stated position of Tories, that they think it's all fine. And I think to be totally fair to them, oh, hello, hello, hello. This is this is not a new problem. This is a problem that has been going on for a long time. And things that are making it worse include climate change. Why is that? Because more more rain, more uh, rain, more more, rain, more, more, severe, more sewage overflow incidents. Yeah, so more severe rain when it comes. You'll have all noticed that we get you know bigger rain, literally. Yeah. Uh, more people, so. More water more being used. I think we didn't talk more about poos. this in our prep talk. More poos. Yes, more, more poos people, more, more poos. people. Yes. I don't think people are doing more poos, but I think what people are doing is using more water. So, no, but what, if there's more people, that's more poos. Yes, I know, but per capita, per crapita, hey. there you go. I don't think more poos are happening. I don't think like you are doing more poos than you used to 10 years I ago. Correct me if am. I'm wrong. I bloody am. Thank you very much. Is that because 10 years ago, when you were a new vegan, you only ate hummus and you basically clogged your entire insides up? Hot dog on your plate, closed for business. Veggie dog on your plate, open for business. But yes, people are using more water. I guess that's because we're all in hoffs. Um, and probably things like more of us have got washing machines and dishwashers. The sweatier bits because it's warmer. Also, uh, artificial lawns and like all of that paving and all of the covering up of the earth means that when it rains and stuff, because people are dicks and don't let there be nice earth to absorb things, there's more water going down more drains, not going into the earth, thus more flooding. Yes. 
this is a big problem, apparently. And people get very excited about suds. Do you know what a sud is? Oh, I do, because I had to look it up. Suds, play the uh, suds music. Very good. Suds, suds, sustainable urban drainage systems. Now we're talking. Yes. Uh... One of those things, as far as I can work out, a great big industry and a great amount of wonkishness exists around a suds. What you want, mate, you want a suds in there. You don't want that poo pipe going into that water pocket. You want to have a poo pipe that goes somewhere else. And what a suds is, as far as I can work out, is about keeping the water from going into the sewer in the first place, basically. Yeah. As far as I can work it out, or slowing it down, slowing it or down. making it. Yeah. So, so some sud schemes are about using rainwater, capturing it, and then using it like again to flush your toilet. And some fancy posh houses have that. Or, frankly, just like having ditches, ponds, yeah. which flower fill beds. up with water, flower beds, and stuff like that. Very clever, but I'm not sure it's like rocket science. But it's one of them things that there's like suds awards and stuff like that. I'm sure I'm doing it. I'm doing it a disservice. I couldn't rig up a suds, right? And I'm pretty sure that actually, from an engineering point of view, it's quite hard to do a suds. It's the sort of thing you can imagine the Scandinavians doing really well. Oh, I bet when you go to like well, Copenhagen come out places, wrapped up, don't they? It's all, <laughs> it's, all, it's all lovely and there are kind of flower beds in the middle of roads and it's all fine. But that's, that's an important thing. Um, so... So, yeah, the fact that our towns and, and villages and cities are covered in plastic, covered in concrete, covered in inhofs using far too much water doesn't help all of this stuff. So, government is doing an environment bill, law, thing. And because of the stupid way the British system works, some people who aren't elected got to have a say. And those people are the House of Lords. Are they elected now? I don't know, probably not. Some of them are. And their job is to look... that's not true. Their job is mostly to look at things the government wants to make a law about and change it and send it back to the government and say, naughty, naughty, Inhofs, you're being a bunch of dicks, right? And the House of Lords are basically a good thing in the scheme of things, certainly relative to... from, From a point of view of checking stuff hasn't been done badly, right? So they said, right, here's what you want to do, government. That environment law that you're making there, you want to make it so that it actually stops all that poo going into the, and do you see what we mean, water. Could you stop it going into the water? Because what you're doing is you're making a bill about the environment, and we couldn't help but notice there's a lot of poo in that environment, and what we reckon you want to do is go in and do that. But And it's like, it's not just icky, this poo in the water thing. Like, it's really bad. And yeah, as you as you say, the Lords were like, right, let's sort this out. And specifically what they said is, you water companies who like treat the sewage and run the sewers and stuff. Privatised water companies. Privatised water companies. We are going to make it your legal duty to stop loads of shit going in the sea. And I thought, what was the phrase? To take all reasonable steps, I think, that, or all that, reasonable measures. That was the killer phrase, yes. Yeah. And the government said, uh, well, that sounds a bit like doing something. <laughs> and doing something probably involves paying for something to be done and possibly some hard work and, you know. Maybe someone in a company might get cross at us if we do that. Yeah. So. Say we hate freedom. We, <laughs> so we hear what you're saying, lords, but no. <laughs> but do one. <laughs> but absolutely do one. Which in practice means, when the government says that, what in practice means is it tells members of parliament who are members of the party that the government is off of to vote accordingly. So they get, they then, parliament then gets a vote on what the Lords has proposed to do. And in this case, 256 Tory MPs did what they were told and said, nope, don't vote for that amendment. Thanks. Now, what happened next was quite interesting because (laughs) I say interesting. Relative to some of the things that are interesting. But because you'll have noticed that the government has quite a lot of power. What with it being the government and what with loads of people voting for the government in 2019 and not very many people voting for not the government. So they can sort of do what they want. And what like the Lords quite often kick up a fuss and the government's like, you're whatever. That's that's nice, but no. Um, 
And that's fine, apart from when all of the public get really, really cross. And that doesn't happen very often because of culture wars and because of left and right and because of apathy, whatever. Most people don't pay attention, exactly. But this time, sort of everyone was like, I would rather my poo didn't go in the river and into, like, my children when they're swimming. Yeah. Like everyone. Sort of everyone said that. Well, sir, where should we dump this batch? The playground? No, all those bald children are arousing suspicion. To the park! Yeah, well, everyone didn't say it out of nowhere. Basically, there was a campaign what got mobilised with a couple of people. Like, Surfers Against Sewage were very active in it. Again, go listen to our chat with Hugo, episode 198. But so was Fergal Sharky, off of the undertones. I like Fergal Um, Sharky. I like him a great deal. We need to get him on the babble. Fergal Sharky, come on the babble and talk to us about why you're... So good. Yeah, he's like a water... He's, he's, a, he's an angler. That's, a, that's where he's coming at this from. He likes catching fish um, and has noticed that the... Not process, what you said in the prep doc, is it? Th- didn't. No. What did I say? Oh, yeah, that's... Yeah. 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 Um, I have a... Yeah, anyway. Um, he likes catching fish, which I have no problem with at all. And he had noticed in the process of catching the fish that a lot of them were being nosed by the water. And so and has gradually become a higher and higher profile campaigner against poor water quality. And he just basically used his Twitter as a crusading vehicle to massively, massively raise attention on this. I think like his tweet got something like 5 million impressions on Twitter of he had a map that he'd posted of um all the places around the UK like lots of places around the coast of the UK where the water quality is not good enough because of poo going in it and stuff and other people got involved like Pam Ayres wrote a poem about it and um there was Newsnight did a thing all about it and there was a campaign like that was I don't actually quite know who was behind this I must confess but there was campaigns that like each and every one of those 265 MPs was kind of named and shamed um, in their local media or in national media or on Twitter, and basically going, see this person, they want poo in the water, that's awful, you should tell them that they're <laughs> and shouldn't do it, basically. Now, now, mm. which I have to say, pardon the phrase given the topic, leaves a bit of a bad taste in the mouth, given the tragic murder of David Amos MP, and I, and I think it was there was and something about it made currently me... happening to Angela Rayner, who like yeah. you know threats against her life and stuff. That ye- I mean, mm. it is it is okay and acceptable in the scheme of things to say like an MP did something and you should you know that like, you should have a go at them for it. But I don't have a problem their... with that. I don't have a problem no. with that. It's the but it's the publishing bit. like the picture bit and the very personal kind of look at this asshole. Look at this arsehole. Look at the thing that they made happen. Look at the how little they care, right? So, you know, not for the babble to opine, I guess, on whether or not that is. It made me feel a bit odd, but, you know, whatever. It happened. It was a thing, right? And what it was was sodding effective. That's unarguable. Yeah. They said, look, yeah, obviously we voted against this thing that was going to clean out the water, but that's only because... That's only because... We're no, going to... No, no, no. You didn't let us finish our votes. <laughs> We were always planning to, at the last possible moment, introduce a bit of this this new law that was going to clean up the water, just not in the way that you said, just in a different, better way Uh, and a less expensive way. Oh, point of order. When they were vehemently opposing this amendment from the Lords, they just did some spectacular number wang. They just made up numbers about how much this was going to cost. And there are two things about this which are amazing. One is the size of the numbers. So we got up to like... Best part of a trillion it? quid, was 650 it? billion was, yeah. was like that's one all, estimate. That's how much it will cost. And if we, if, we, if we make water companies do that, they'll all immediately go out of business. And or also they'll just pass, they'll pass all, the entire cost onto cost you. So it will, and one of, them, one of them said like, it will literally cost customers thousands of pounds a year extra, each of us thousands of pounds extra to do this. And they didn't even pretend that they had gone to the trouble of working that number out. Like there is nowhere, there is nowhere written down that says how that number was reached. No. But the other spectacular thing about it is that it was a range, and the range was like five pounds to six hundred and fifty million pounds, uh, six hundred and fifty billion pounds or something. What was the actual range, Dave? I've lost a bit in my in the prep talk. Oh, I don't know. The point is nowhere near. The point is like it's the sort of thing that government, the sort, the amount of money that government can bloody well find 
when it wants to, right? When there is, you know, important stuff going on, wars to be fought, uh, eating outs to helping outs to happen. Government can rustle down the back of the sofa and find some cash. When it is about not having poo go in the water, what goes up baby L's nose, they can't find the cash. That's communism. And the only way we can do that is by forcing poor companies to do it for us. There isn't a magic money tree that we can shake that suddenly provides for everything no. that people want. And point of order number two, all. I was pr- I'm old enough to remember when we didn't have privatised water companies, when the water Aye. was the people's water. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago, mate. So were you. You just weren't paying attention. Was it the there? 90s? Yeah. We, we, what's her face done it? What's her name? Fanny face. Thatcher. Did <laughs> it. Um, and, um, you know, John, and John Major and all that. And, and, and like, so that sort of time, right? And one of the, I am sure that one of the rationales that was used for why... For indeed, that is used in general for why anything should be privatised is that it will be better. Like, it would be better. There'll be less bad stuff. There'll be more investment in the system because there's more incentive because capitalism. So if what, we're ha- if what we're now having to do is turn around to companies what have been privatised for two or three decades and say, right, it is now actually going to be the law that you can't let shit go in the water no more, and they turn around and say, well, that'll cost a lot of money, what have you been doing for the last three decades? That's the question. What have you been spending money on? Now, I accept it's not Dividends. a cheap business. I mean, that's, it's a bit crude, isn't it? I'm sure they've been investing in fixing stuff, but the point is, like, this was supposed to fix it, and if we can't fix this stuff without spending public money on it, but the water companies won't do it, then the only thing we've got to do is take them back, right? Yes? And bloody well spend some bloody money on it so the well, baby girl's poo no, your nose doesn't get filled up with your poo. I don't know if you've got to take them back. I mean, clever people on Twitter, Suds Twitter and other bits of Twitter, Suds Twitter, yeah. uh, have said it was really shit before they were privatised. Like, yes. don't, don't have the impression that we had these beautiful... <laughs> like British Rail. But, but but it was shit because not enough money was being spent. Right. Primarily. Yeah, exactly. Right? So... It was run into the and, ground. And if we just not take to come it, over on Noam Chomsky about it, so, so that it, the case could be made for selling it off. Sure, exactly. See, uh, what was it, Royal Mail and all the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, and every privatisation ever. Yeah, yes, I'm sure. I'm getting very, very, really getting quite, quite, quite lefty here, aren't yeah, I? Yes, yes. Don't, don't, don't have to do this no Interesting more, departure, anyway, given your sort of previous lurches to the centre ground. There's nothing that says that once they come back into national ownership, the, the right amount of money will be spent on them. I mean, it can be, in theory, but it, can be. it wouldn't. So, oh, it's bad, isn't it? It is bad. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm very disappointed that this Lords thing didn't happen. Clearly, it was scaremongering horse shit uh, and human shit uh, to talk about the cost being that high. Uh, and, in fact, Hugo was like, saying uh, on in the press that, that this is rubbish that the figures are somewhere in the region of 3 billion to 60 billion which is again a big range but you know a tenth of what the government are claiming so the difference is that the, what the government's plan is is just saying we're going to make it so they have to do something about this but they're not going to make it so that it has to not happen anymore exactly yes? so the big difference between their amendment and the Lord's Amendment is that they're saying water companies have to reduce the amount of these overflows that are happening in the next five years. Right. So if there's currently so a thousand and they well, do 999. Well, it's something like three. They have been shitting shit into the river uh, for three, is it three million hours during the last three, year? Three million hours, 400,000 sewage discharges. But doesn't, like, the point of that is that if every if, if instead of that it's 399,000 sewage discharges, then that is a reduction job, yeah. literally. Jobby. Done. done. <laughs> now, got it in 100. <laughs> Minister, it takes time to do things now. <laughs> <laughs> What have we learned, Al? Well, I think we've learned that uh, this is an issue that literally everybody that cares about and thinks amazing, about, which amazing. is amazing. It's quite cool when you Daily find Daily Mail and the Daily Mirror having exactly the front page campaigning story about exactly the same thing at the same time never happens. Never happens. Ever. Never happens. And in, ever. For, for international listeners, Daily Mirror is, you know, lefty, a bit. Lefty these days, lefty tabloids, lefty tabloids, uh, and Daily Mail likes Hitler. Um, so, <laughs> what they do? You can't. 
don't say that. They do. They did. They didn't yeah. like him anymore. Well, no, he's dead. They liked now, his early he? stuff. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they're they're on that end of the political spectrum, and yes. yeah, so it never happens that they th- they think the same thing. Um, and frankly, and it, it never really happens these days that members of the public think the same thing. We're all at each other's throats about absolutely everything, cause yeah. social media and culture wars and all the rest of it. Um, yeah. But not on this one. People think it's not bad. on this one. And it tells you, I think, a couple of things. I'm just lighting a candle here just to make the, the, the mood a bit better. Oh. My eyes are a bit, my eyes are a bit tired. I'm gonna dim this light. Um, it tells you a couple of things also. I think about like nature and stuff, and like, nature in general being a thing. Like you know, there is loads of research showing that there's this. There is this kind of really cross societal, not lefty, not righty love of nature that British people have. Yeah, it's and it's really, it, you know, frankly, not talked about anywhere near enough. We talked about this a bit with uh, that Vicky heard last week about bugs. That like, you know, a lot of the language about nature that is used is already technical and boring and ecosystems this, but actually, people just like really like shit not being messed up, don't like pollution, and that's a sort of big lefty righty thing. And then the other thing is that like. Shit on our beaches is this really thing that's in the British psyche, right? It's yeah. like it, it, there was a time before before Yerp when one of the reasons that we were supposed to be going into Yerp was to no longer be the dirty man of Yerp. The dirty man of Yerp, that's right. And it was the thing, you know, like, what was <laughs> somewhere I saw the Blackpool swimming on, on the coast. Oh, that's lovely ambiance, Dave. Oh, should I get the bubble bath out? <laughs> the babble bath. The babble bath. God, that's a that's a merch opportunity. Why haven't we done that? That'd right. If that, you're an eco a subscriber special. If you're an eco bubble bath manufacturer that makes bubble bath off of tears or something, send us some. We'll rebrand it and sell it as babble bath at a huge yeah. margin. For a thousand pounds a month on Patreon, Ol will come around and soap you up. <laughs> roll, roll, roll your punch gently down the stream. Belts off, trousers down, isn't life a scream? <laughs> uh, yeah, and I suppose the other thing we've learned is that you can push this government into a corner, but only if those other things are there. Only if you do have genuinely widespread outcry. But it can be done. Schadenfreude of the week. Morning, Mike. Oh, hello. What are you glued to, Cameron? Uh, just your screen. Now, Schadenfreude time. Look at you with your fancy tea. You've changed. Getting married has changed you. Peppermint tea. Candles. No ambiance. Need, need a wee, but I'm just going to sit with it. How about that? Adds, adds a certain je ne sais pas pourquoi to my podcasting. It's also very relevant to the previous section. I mean, that is basically what we're all going to have to do now. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to do my bit to reduce runoff. Super. Now, Schadenfreude is a section where something comes back to bite people in the ass, uh, particularly people who have been in Hoffs. Yeah. Ha! Now, this week, there was a one of those sort of Twitter things which I think really did get beyond Twitter. I know everyone on Twitter thinks everything's the biggest thing in the world, but this one I think did reach quite a lot of people beyond Twitter. It did, and it's worth noting that like that last section what we were talking about was how important Twitter was in that as kind of a force for campaigning good, albeit sort of slightly tinged with naming and shaving. And in this case, it was another example of Twitter kind of very quickly taking something and magnifying it. And, you know, you knew as soon as you won on, you saw this on Twitter... And you immediately knew that half an hour later it'd be in The Guardian or something. Yeah. And, and low was the case. So this thing being an interview on a kind of right-wing talk radio um, thing called LBC. No, it's not called Talk Radio. Talk Radio, sorry. Uh, yeah, it's even more right-wing, yeah. Uh, called Talk Radio. Um, and it's uh, an interview by a host called Mike Graham, who has, you know, strong views. He was interviewing somebody called uh, called Cameron from Insulate Britain, which is a bunch of protesters who... Talked about them, yeah. We've talked about a bit. Uh, For anybody who doesn't know, in the UK, they've been sitting down on roads, blocking the traffic and demanding that the government properly insulate Britain's leaky homes. And it's become high profile and very divisive and motorists don't like it and right-wing shock jocks are making hay with it. And this guy came on... 
Cameron. Cameron Ford. And he came on and he was interviewed and, um, well, we might as well just play the whole thing. It doesn't uh, last very long. Your screen, unfortunately. Unfortunately. What do you do for a living, well, Cameron? I'm a carpenter. A carpenter, right. So how safe is that for the climate? Well, I work with timber, which is a much more sustainable material rather than concrete. I also but you work with trees that have been cut down then, don't you? It's a sustainable building practice. How is it sustainable if you're killing trees? Because it's regenerative, you can grow trees. Right. Well, you can, you can grow all sorts of things, can't you? Well, you can't grow concrete. You can. See you, Cameron. Cheerio. That was Cameron. Uh, he grows trees and then cuts them down and then makes things from them. Brilliant. Marvellous. Now, the problem, what you can't really see with that is the look on the faces of the respective guests. So you have to imagine Mike Graham in that sort of silence that fell there at the end. You have to imagine Mike Graham's face sort of clouding over into confusion. And rage. And rage. And then just clicking it off. Sort of spitting piss silently. Now, this was very funny. Very funny. It's it been was viewed. Funny. It's been viewed uh, eleven million times. That video. Wow, it's very funny. You will almost certainly have off seen it, potentially even if you're not in the UK, right? And it's very funny, and it made us laugh. And I shared it, and I was like, "Lol!" And the babble shared it. We put it on on Twitter, and we went, "Lol," and we shared it, and loads of people shared it. I admit, I only put it on the babble Twitter because I thought we'd get like retweeted a million times. <laughs> but that's all right. That's fine. That's fine. That's what anyone does anything on Twitter for, isn't it? And then, well, I stopped finding it funny, y'all. Is that because you realised uh, Mike had a point and that you, you can, in fact, grow concrete? <laughs> well, intro, well, I will talk about this in a second, but it was Talk Radio themselves that posted the clip of Mike that we've, that we've used in there. So Talk Radio alerted via Twitter the world to the fact that this happened on Talk Radio. And Talk Radio then replied to their own tweet with a link to some experimental concrete that has, in a lab, potentially one day going to be grown out of, like, biomaterials. So they were like, see? See, it can be grown. I mean, it's like, it's very much like saying, um, uh, well, I can have new hair. And you can point to the fact that, in theory, somewhere... They're doing something in a lab that one day might potentially allow someone who isn't me to have some more hair. Can you get can you get hair no. implants, please? No. Can you do a Brillo? Please. <laughs> please do that. Give me some of yours. Give me some of your nose hairs. Okay. Hair are your aerials. They pick up signals from the cosmos and transmit them directly into the brain. This is the reason bald-headed men are uptight. You know, obviously it was a ridiculous thing to say and obviously Cameron made this guy look stupid. Except... Well, that's what we think. Yes, exactly. That's what we think. But all of the people who like this guy in the first place doubled down on it. So his, his line was, Mike Graham was like, obviously I was joking. Obviously I was just making this guy look stupid. Look how stupid he looks. And to us that's like, yeah, whatever. But like all of the people that agree with him are like, yeah, you really showed him, Mike. Yeah. So all that's really happened here is an idiot has been an idiot, as far as we're concerned, and an idiot has been an idiot as far as the other side is concerned, but the idiots are different, and everyone thinks the person they thought was an idiot is still an idiot, but more so, and everyone's had a good old laugh at the other side and shared it with their mates. And the only winners are Talk Radio. Who have presumably raked in a prodigious amount of advertising cash. In fact, I think there's a clip of Mike talking with another presenter a couple of hours after this happened about how funny it is that everyone's sharing it and making them loads of money. Like, they're not hiding this. Like, this is brilliant. This is how how it works. All of these sort of lefty idiots, because funnily enough, it's all the lefties who have now contributed to a huge amount of money uh, for this organisation. Thank you very much indeed, guys. 3.2 million people at last count have <laughs> viewed this. Right, it's well all good. Done, son. Listen, I only wish I had your agent who would have... And it's, it's why they've got Mike on in the first place. Exactly. It's, like it's, it's the exactly. point of the existence of Mike Graham as a radio host is that he says stuff that people share because it's ridiculous. Yeah. And so... By sharing it, we were just making it worse in many ways. Firstly, because we were just having a laugh at other people being stupid, and that's not really any good in the scheme of things. 
I know that's kind of what this podcast does. But I don't know if it... I feel a bit like the joke's on us yeah. somehow, in a way I can't put my finger on. I don't know what's changed anywhere in the world about anything any, anything that anyone thinks, no, apart exactly. from talk radio richer than they were. I, I completely agree. I completely agree. I, I think I possibly went on this journey a bit quicker than you. In that, like, generally get depressed quicker than me. Yeah, <laughs> but like, I didn't, I didn't retweet it when I saw it, and I didn't because I, because I sort of instantly felt icky about it. It's like, but this isn't a gotcha. This isn't like, look how stupid talk radio are. Everyone, everyone who didn't think talk radio was stupid is now going to think talk radio is stupid. No, no, they're not. No, they're not. It's just we're feeding the trolls. All of the previous section was building up to us saying, look how quickly Twitter can change stuff. Twitter can be a force for change. This is the other side of it, right? So this is like the same force, but kind of being applied in a different direction. So you have to kind of take the good... Like, Twitter is a mechanism for getting loads and loads of people upset about something really quick, right? That's what it is. That's how it works. You want to ban it, don't you? You want it banned? Uh, I want want the the way all these things worked. Band, yeah. So it was but very I'm, relevant to my actual job because all of this week we've had France, Francis Horgan, the Facebook whistleblower, telling us exactly how Facebook works. And things like they quite deliberately uh, make, you know, the, the angry emoticon on a Facebook post. Oh, yeah. You can like something, but you can also give it like an angry emoticon. If you give something an angry emoticon, they promote it five times more than if you give it a, a like <gasps> emoticon. No way. Yeah. That's right. That's how these things work. Because I think that, like, social media is, is weirdly, there's something about it. There's a reason for massive optimism, right? Which is that stuff can change really quick. But it's also a reason for massive depression in that it can be used for ill. And, like, what we haven't really said outright, you were just getting to it then. It's like, okay, this was division, but it was division that was kind of fueled by algorithms driving our democracy and our society. That's kind of so we've got this whole other 21st century layer yeah. of like mess on top of what was already a kind of divided way of doing debate and it's making it worse. So I don't know what to think about it already. What I do think is it feels a bit odd to be laughing at talk radio when they've made a fat pile of cash out of it. Anti of of the week. Now, we've had Inhofe of the Week. We have. And now we're having Anti-Inhofe of the Week. And it's fairly self-explanatory. This is where people have been good. This is where bastions of all that is civil, courteous, compassionate hmm. and loving. Hmm. Uh, we, we, we heap praise upon them because they have earned it and deserve it. Who is Anti-Inhofe of the Week, Dave? Now, you're not going to like this. Yeah, we'll get it. Where am I supposed to get it? Yeah. Down here. Down here. Okay, come on. Hello, everybody. How are you? Thank you very, very much for coming. Boris Johnson. I, I'm absolutely thrilled to, to see why I've, I've, I've got... Boris... Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson. Alexander... Alexander Boris de Feffel de Feffel. Whiff Woff. Johnson. Hmm. Boris Johnson, what he's done is he was in front of some kids. So there was an event, what was being organised by the Wubbly Wubbly F. Now something happened to his brain, Oh, because when talking to children, that, he said um, this. Not, uh, recycling isn't the answer. I've got to be honest with you. Recycling is just, you know, you, 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 you're not going to like this. Is it? It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't begin to address the problem. You can, you can only recycle plastic a, a, a couple of times, really. And it's, it, what you've got to do is stop the production of plastic. Stop the, stop the first use of, of plastic. The, the, the recycling thing is a, is a, is a, is a, a red herring. Well, that's <laughs> tr- true. That's what Claire Potter said to us back in episode 227. And Jules said to us about recycling in episode 140. Like, this is what, when you get people on the babble who know about the planet and you say to them, should we be recycling? They'll basically say, it's not really the point. You want to just have less plastic. Yeah. 
They don't necessarily say it doesn't work, although we have talked about that. Sometimes it doesn't work. But they do say, like, it's the wrong thing. And Boris Johnson just said that. Yeah. With a microphone on. Yeah. And you know who went absolutely berserk about it? The Recycling the Association. Recycling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like, imagine that. You're just like, you're, you're at work. You, you check the grid in the morning, what's going on today. And you're like, well, nothing much going on today. I think I'm just going to take it easy today. Oh, the Prime Minister's giving that talk. I'll, you know, I might tune into that, see what he says. Sure, he's going to give his support to the recycling industry. Right, pass me lunch. Now then. Is something amiss? Amiss? God, no. What could possibly be amiss? Yeah. I, it, yeah. It can't have been fun. And... We even went further because, as well as saying it was a mistake to think society can recycle its way out of the problem, which I agree with, he also had a go at perennial Inhoff's Coca-Cola. Like, Inhoff's, this is Inhoff on Inhoff action. I know. And and he said, he, he, he named them as being among 12 big corporations that are producing the overwhelming bulk of of the world's plastics. And so that reaction you just described in the recycling industry's offices <laughs> was also going on in Coca-Cola where they spat out their recycled dolphins or whatever they were greenwashing themselves to a fury with uh, and were like, what? No, we're making steady progress in our efforts to cut waste. And, and this guy's on our side, isn't he? Why is he not, why is he not saying good things? Why is he saying bad things? He said they didn't want to support any new coal mines, despite there being an act, like a live plan for a new coal mine that hasn't been stopped yet. And he said that like humans should be fed to animals. <laughs> it, well, yeah. Which we also, we're sure we talked about that with Vicky last week in, <laughs> in the bugs thing, didn't we? He said there's too many people. Well, too many, not, yeah, I mean, uh, someone who was a boss of, boss of WWF said the thing about how by, by mass, like 90%, 97% of everything on earth is people and the animals that we keep as livestock. And Johnson was like, oh, we should feed some of the humans to the animals then. But these things came out of his mouth. And the thing I'm, is, not, I'm not sure I do agree with that last one, to be totally clear. I know you oh, I, You probably do. I, I definitely don't have a position either way. At that point. <laughs> I need to think it through. But what's what going on? <laughs> it's so confusing. It's so confusing. Because it's not a misspeak. You don't say recycling doesn't work if you don't in some way think recycling doesn't work. It's a misspeak in that you shouldn't all have said it, politically speaking, and you would never say that normally. But it's clearly a thing that he actually thinks. It's clearly a thing he actually thinks. And that's what I think is genuinely interesting here. And I'm sure there are countless examples of politicians saying things to schoolchildren or at you know, at photo opportunities at schools or just doing childish things. There's there's something about the presence of kids which sort of in their brain makes them think, even politicians think, I probably can't lie here. Mm. Like, I can lie everywhere else, but it's a, it's probably not okay to just lie to these sweet children. And they sort of forget that this is still a political event and there's still cameras there and they say the truth. And I think, you know, Prime Minister's wife is Carrie Johnson, uh, who is an environmentalist who does a lot of work on plastic. She has probably been bending his ear for a long time, saying, you can't recycle your way out of the problem. And he probably believes her and he probably thinks it. And he said it because... That's what he thinks. That's what he thinks. And he didn't feel like he could lie. Uh, she also suggested feeding his dad to the dog or something as well. <laughs> probably, knowing yeah. who his dad is. Almost certainly. Yeah. <laughs> Go back and listen to episode 57. For, friend of the Babble. Uh, friend of the Babble, Stanley Johnson coming on. <laughs> episode 57? Can't remember. Anyway. We have, yeah. I suppose old, you know, newer listeners might not realise that we've had the Prime Minister of Great Britain's dad on the Babble. Um, <laughs> well worth a listen. That was a funny old interview, wasn't it? Yeah. Hang on, I'm just, I'm, my memory's not what it was. I'm just checking that's correct. Uh, 75. I know the number's right. Wrong way around. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Even when you're wrong, you're kind of right. Yeah, yeah, right. Good. In a way, though, I wish he had said his usual in hoffy things. I wish it wasn't the case, as I think is actually going on here, that this is what he really thinks and he spends the rest of his time lying. I find that worse. I, I wish he was a real in hoff who was like, yeah, we just recycle our way out of the problem. It's fine. Because that would be consistent with what he and his government do. But the fact that he actually thinks basically what the Babel thinks. <laughs> I'm sorry, quite thinks what the Babel thinks. Well, on some narrow kind of axis. 
But do you know what I mean? Like, it, it almost makes it worse. He's playing, the, he's a politician, he's playing the game, but he's lying the whole time. And on the one moment when he tells the truth, you realise what he actually thinks. And that's just depressing. Who, oh, whom is the greater Inhofe? The Inhofe who is an Inhofe or the Inhofe who pretends to be an Inhofe? There you go. Right, that is just about it for another episode of Babble. Thank you very, very much, Dave, for splendiferously babbling on about poo and Boris Johnson's poo and uh, the other poo. Now, just to remind you uh, of our announcement, our big announcement, you can meet us, you can chat to us live. Oh, Christ, you're not going to be able to edit me. Oh, God, I've only just realised what we've signed up for. I still have ways of shutting you up, don't you worry. (laughs) You will be able to join us for a live live (laughs) Q&A where all will mysteriously be muted throughout uh, and Dave will be in crystal clear audio. Uh, What all meant to say was... (laughs) (laughs) Dave will be doing his best Alistair Campbell uh, throughout yeah live Q&A with us come and chat to us live 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 unfiltered on the 9th of December at 7.30 it's only going to cost you 8 quid and for that princely sum you get to also watch a wonderful film uh, that Mark Hermode likes so is therefore good Um, all about nuclear power which is well interesting Yes, it's called The Atom, A Love Affair, and we're very much looking forward to it. Right, thank you all for everything you said, some of which I'm sure has made it in. You can get in touch with us. You can let us know what you thought of the show. You can find us on the Twitter, at The Babble Wagon. You can search for us on Facebook by searching Sustainababble, or you can email us to hello at sustainababble.fish. Beautifully done. Now, we are a listener-funded podcast, and we need your cash. Thank you very much to the people who give us cash. It is lovely. You can join them by going to www.patreon.com forward slash sustainababble. That's patreon.com slash sustainababble, and you can donate the price of a coffee or something. And thank you to all of the people who've been leaving us nice reviews. We had little flurry come in. Please uh, join them. Reviews on iTunes, especially good. Tell your friends. Give us a five star. Really makes a difference. Is a good way to give love to Babble. Thank you to the wonderful Dickie Moore for the logo. No, the music no. that starts, ends and intertwinkles the podcast. And to the splendiferous Arthur Stovall for the music. Nope, the logo. No. <laughs> what goes on our t-shirts and on the Babble. Right, that's it. Thank you. I'm off to... Do a poo and think hard about where it's going to end up. You are discharged. Bye. Bye. Hey, oh, 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 oh. Hey, oh. Hey, oh. Hey, oh. Hey, oh. Do you remember the Vicar of Dibley? Where, like, each episode ended with a genuinely good little joke between Alice and Geraldine. Do you remember that? So there's there's a woman... Because this isn't that. This is just... Hey, oh. You doing a bad job. Yes, 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 yes. Hey, oh. A man dies. <laughs> Alice's funeral. <laughs> and his wife is sat in the front row. His widow is sat in the front row. And a man she's never met comes and sits next to her. Just sits next to her quietly. And turns to her and just whispers, Plethora. She says, thanks, that means a lot.